Hey, you. Yeah, you. You listen to this podcast. The Dynasty Warzone this week is going to be split into two equal shows. There's going to be one on Tuesday, the 14th of January. And then part two will be Wednesday, the 15th of January. The show with Nick and Kane was so long and full of so much goodness, fun, and laughs that we decided to turn it into a two-parter. So if you're listening to part two, go back and listen to part one. And if you're listening to part one, you'll be able to listen to the other half on Wednesday. A little doubleheader action here on the Dynasty War Zone on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, for you to enjoy. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, Get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. Because my no chance in hell rookie that I'm not taking out of the 2020 draft at his current valuation is Tua. Don't ask me to pronounce his last name. Ain't going to happen. Uh-uh. Not doing it. But my concerns are all the injuries versus the cost. I know it's going to cost you no, no worse than a top five pick in a super flex. You know, on top of the hip, which is a pretty serious injury, he's had two two separate ankle injuries, one on each ankle, where he had to have surgery on this. Now he's going to go to the NFL. He comes from perfection. He's what I call a trust fund quarterback. He's the guy who grew up with one of everything. Five five all-conference linemen. Yeah, we got that for you. Three really outstanding running backs. Yep, we got those two. Three really amazing... uh, Wide receivers, yep, we can get you some of that. Play a cupcake non-division schedule, yep, we, we can sprinkle some of that in there. He's never really experienced adversity. Seems like a super nice kid. Seems like a really, 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 really talented kid. But with his injury history and what I think he's going to cost, there is no way in hell I'm walking away from a rookie draft with Tua on my team. Who would like to go first this time? I will leave it to you guys. Quarterback, I will... Let me just give a caveat as to why I am super silent right now. My quarterback takes are shit. So that is, I'm just going to ignore that. If you guys have it, Nick, you raised your hand. And since you are so polite to raise your hand, sir, you get the first crack at it. I I love Tua. Tua is my QB1, and it's not even close. I like Joe Burrow. He's been growing on me. But Tua is special. And I'm not a doctor, as Kenny had already said. I use this on Twitter. So I'm not going to act like I know what the hip's going to be long-term or what the ankles are going to be long-term or that those are compound injuries that are going to lead to other injuries. When he, hurt, when he hurt his hip, two big D linemen landed on him. You know, it's like, well, sometimes, you know, that happens. But if you want to look at Joe Burrow, who people love, and his 2019 season, like, you know, and he's the Heisman, and he's the best thing since sliced bread, Let's, I got some numbers for you since you like throwing numbers out here, Memphis. So let's go just 2019 season, okay? And we have touchdown percentage. Burrow was 11.5 per attempt. Tua was 13.1. Completion percentage, Burrow was 77.6. Tua was 71.4. He's got him there. Yards per attempt, 10.9 for Burrow, 13.3 for Tua. So he throw further down the field, less completion percentage. If we go the last two years combined, Touchdown percentage, Burrow was 8.3 to 2, is 12.5, 4.2 more yard, two, more touchdown percentage attempts. Completion percentage, 2 was 70 to Burrow's 68.8, and then yards per attempt, crazy, 
Burrow was 9.45. Tua was almost three yards more at 11.2. Tua has dominated college football for two years. You want to go back another half, won a national championship game. He's got the intellect to look off the safety and come back to, to Devontae Smith to win the national championship game in the most high-pressure situation, which if you look at what's happened in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson, I don't know that he was great in those high-pressure situations. And Russell Wilson, I don't know that he was great either. Today, you got a guy that did that and was in those huge games and put up the numbers for two years in a row. You had mentioned some other reasons why he put up some good numbers, but he still did them, and he has the arm. That's a guy I want on so many super flex teams I, I i'm with you but for me this also gets down to like some dynasty roster building rookie drafting construction stuff for me as well so in the first round like i said especially where you're drafting to a i have to feel like i'm getting a lock i mean that, that's one of the core pieces of your roster i'm very very conservative and i i tend to go the most safe in the first round now uh, as a lot of you know, and if you've ever drafted with me or hear me, I'll, I'll, I'll gamble my ass off in the second through fifth round. I don't care. I'm a little bit more uh, shoot from the hip there and, and kind of go with that. But in the first round, I have to feel like a lock. And I, I'm sorry, three years, three injuries requiring surgery. And, and, that's in the S and that's in the SEC, which I know is a tough conference. But now you're going to the NFL. Man, it just gives me pause. So th that's why it's not a talent issue. It's not that I don't think that he can produce issue. It's not that he's a bad guy issue. It's it's an injury issue versus what like I said. I'd have to pay anywhere from one oh one to one oh five, and I I just can't invest that with the injury history. You erase that medical condition, you take that red flag off of him. Boom, done, sold, lock. But because of the injury history, I have to say no. But Jerry, who are you saying no to? Jerry, uh, I'm not going to let you talk. Give me a hot second. Yep. I need to talk about two up. Um, so I, I just, the biggest thing I like to look at with quarterbacks is I want to see how well they did on third down. Um, Cause I think that's a, obviously a very pivotal down in football um, at third and 10 plus Tua has a completion percentage of 92.3 um, on third and medium. Definitely slip there only about a 62% completion percentage on third and medium on third and short he had an 82 percent completion percentage um so obviously he's getting it done and nick is hyped right now but um and then i'm i'm also going to give you some stats that go into memphis's favor here because i think um we have to show all sides of this um so if we're looking at just Tua in the red zone this year his completion his overall completion percentage dipped down to 68 percent um, obviously still through 11 touchdowns and two picks, but I'm just a little more worried about, um, that red zone completion percentage, um, just being down at 68%. Obviously the window's getting much smaller in the red zone. Um, but I at least want to, uh, use the stats and give you the whole picture. The, the thing I like, let me, let me add this to there with other quarterbacks and, and you said third down and 10 plus two is going to throw beyond the sticks. I respect him so much as a quarterback because he doesn't do the whole check down thing and hope the guy runs for eight yards. He is always going to take that shot and take that chance. Think about LSU, okay? They got down by two scores. What did he do? The next throw went deep to Devontae Smith, and they got this huge like 80-yard touchdown down the sideline. He wants to win and gives you a shot. That's why I kind of comp him to like a Brett Favre type mentality where he's going to gunsling it and he's going to give his opportunities to his receivers and players. And I, I guess I just really respect him in that realm too. That's besides the numbers. All right. Now uh, you guys have done roasted me. I've got those two out of the way. I got hey, this one. is why he invites me back every week and not you guys. Uh, you can, you can roast me too, Jerry. I, what's that? You, you see him on like Reddit and Twitter. It's like they say, uh, they hold up a sign yeah, that says yeah. roast me. I, I knew with, with these two sharks, I knew I was swimming in shark-filled waters. I knew I was going to get nipped at a few times, but it's worth it. This is how this is how you learn. This is how you, you take people that are better in an area than you, and you bring them in and make them part of your circle so they can help make you better. And I'm hoping that there's something that I can you know bring back to theirs. Th there's a little life 101. But anyway, Jerry, who are you not going to own? <sighs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And here's the thing. There is a real possibility that in the national championship game tomorrow, 
the dude can tear it up. The problem is, my man is five foot eight. I know we already had some, some, some height, you know, shots. Randy, why you gotta, why you gotta pick on people that are five nine? Not all of us were born big. Blame well, my hold, parents. Hold on, another timeout. I got two left. Um, who was a big fan of De- Devin Singletary? It's fair. Touche. Touche, sir. Continue. All right. Here's my thing. I. I liked him when I first saw him when his name was Theo Riddick and he played for Notre Dame and then the Detroit Lions. He's a great pass catcher. If I just cannot see this man joining an NFL roster and helping your fantasy team in any way that's not, maybe you're hoping he's Darren Sproles. Maybe you're hoping he's Deion Lewis that year that Deion Lewis, who shouldn't have played that year, should have been Derrick Henry, you know, was relevant. I just, I don't love the dude's game. I don't really think he's going to withstand it. It, it. Kane is very upset at me. And it's only fitting that I get to rub a little bit of salt in his wounds because he makes me have Tyler Johnson as my avatar on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Mark D'Antonio, you son of a... But, you know, I, he's just not my guy. And I got put onto him late, and I'm going to give him the due diligence that he truly deserves, you know, during the rest of this offseason. I just don't love it. it. He reminds me of the... Uh, who was the pass catcher from Washington State either last year or two years ago? Everybody, he's the best pass catcher in the draft. Uh, God, what the hell is that kid's name? James Booby Williams or something? James Booby Williams. Booby. Yeah, it is, Booby. it's sort of the same thing. Kane, give it to me, friend. Yeah, so I'm just going to drop some drop some stats on you because that's what I have to fall back to because I can't show people the film as they're listening to this. Um but if we're just looking at the stats of Edwards Hilaire, he put up a ridiculous 89.6% catch percentage this year, um, which with seven yards per target, caught 43 passes. Um, and then you add another 1,238 yards uh, with 16 touchdowns. Obviously, if you want to say that he was in a great offense as part of the reason why he succeeded, okay. But on first down, he averaged 9.2 yards per carry. 9.2 yards per carry did that guy average on first down. Um, so I I like him. I think he's going to do the best in an off in an offensive system similar to what the Saints run. Um, where and if if you want to talk to Jay Moyer about this, he was just on on the Debbie Marketplace breaking awesome down Edward Tillinger for me. Um, and he, he does. He does the best in choice patterns, right? So anytime that Edward Hilaire can read the coverage and and make the decision on his route, um, that's where he's going to succeed the most. And that's going to be in like a Saints-style offense, that pro-style system. And uh, if he ends up in Jacksonville, I can throw him away? Well, that means that Leonard Fournette's probably not going to stay there much longer. He's not going to catch another 100, I, uh, get another 100 targets I, in I'm just in saying, like, that's... It. I get that he's a good pass catcher. I just, where am I going to draft this guy? Where I'm, I'm thrilled that he's there. You know, at that point, middle of the second round. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, those are all dart throws there, and I, I'm sure there is going to be other guys that are falling that we're talking about. You know, we're going to get to the combine, we're going to get to the Senior Bowl, and some of these guys are not going to do as good as we all want them to do, and I think they will fall, and I would rather trust that than you know this dude who's really sort of a niche player he, he ran for 1300 yards and 16 he, rushing touchdowns and he, 15 receptions in the sec i mean and when you watch the he film he's i mean joe burrow threw for 50 touchdowns too <clears throat> they were not exactly given a damn about clyde edwards hilaire in that offense they they wanted they wanted jamar jefferson or jamar chase and you know jefferson right. and everything well, he didn't walk yes. into 1,300 yards. No, he didn't, and you're right. And, you know, I talk about Travis Etienne, and he sort of did the same sort of production. So I hear what you guys are saying. He just – I don't – he's 5'8", too. I really just don't think – yeah, you say that. Maurice Jones-Drew was 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, one guy. So I, I got yeah. I to gotta, I gotta hope that he's that. Like, I got to hope he's he's one in a, you know, a decade. I, uh, I, I don't think he's that talent. What does height have to do with running back? I, I, you're right. It doesn't, but you say that, but how many guys are we going out here talking about that are short like that and producing consistently? Like we could talk about Tariq Cohen. I mean, Sproles, work done. Maurice Jones drew. I mean, those are, are, listen, I, 
I loved 2005 as much as the rest of you guys did. That's just, uh, <laughs> How many not... guys six four have done well at running back? I, I agree, Derrick Henry. Henry, but yeah, what happened? Derrick Henry. I agree, but so we're talking about a community back. He's not going to be. I don't know. I just don't see nothing says workhorse. So I'm hoping that he's just a niche player, and that's and that needs that means he needs to be in a good situation as a niche player to be profitable on my fantasy. And I just no thank you. Right, but he but he has the opportunity to be a lead back in a two back set. Yep. Right, and and that's still valuable. Mm-hmm. And it will come down to his combine metrics. If if he's a, a freak athlete, and before I throw it to Nick, Jerry, I'm gonna hit you with James White. Nick, tell us about Eno Benjamin. <laughs> so in this in the same realm of a player that caught a lot of passes, I I just am not a fan of Eno Benjamin. I. I wanted to like him this last off season and I think I ranked him higher than I liked. And then I kept watching more film and I drafted him on one Debbie team and ended up just trading him away. He just doesn't go anywhere. He is a pass catching version and obviously smaller of David Montgomery. And we know how I I feel about him. I was just going to say that he sort of reminds me of David Montgomery. He's like, it's like he's playing the game Frogger, right? But the purpose is to gain yards, but you constantly go left and right to get forward one and then go left and right, and you don't end up gaining yards. And this season wasn't kind to Eno Benjamin either. He hasn't figured it out that you have to go forward at some point. You can't make everybody miss. And you know what? In my opinion, he's a minus athlete. When you want to look at the average starting running back in the NFL, he's not more athletic than they are, and that's going to catch up with him, just like a cut up with David Montgomery. All these defensive linemen, if you make one miss, the next one's going to get pursuit and get in the way if you don't hurry up. And, you know, Benjamin isn't going to get there. And in my opinion, with the pass catching, which I like, which we talked about already, I still don't see him being a huge fantasy producer when in you – like when you want to combine like the hype of like what people think he is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to do the stats based version of what Nick was saying. Um, so 53% of his touches were either three yards or less. 53% of his touches were three yards or less. And the PAC 12 does not play that great a defense either. Exactly. And they also played Michigan state who was poop. Great. Yeah. Sky Yuma, baby. Um, so, yeah, so if we're looking at Eno, Eno Benjamin, obviously he dances behind the line a little bit too much. Another issue that we're seeing is that he had just one fumble in in total in 2017 and 2018 and then went up to six in 2019. Um, so that, that issue's coming up a little bit. I know you can say, well, Miles Sanders fixed it when he went into the NFL, but that's still something that we have to point out because that's going to be a drawback for some NFL teams. I know people don't like this stat, Kane, and I because I know so many things go into it. But there, there are some thresholds for me. Okay, Eno Benjamin gained four point three yards per carry in college. Oh my gosh, is that bad? Four point three. Four point three might sound good on the NFL in college in the Pac-12. If you're not gaining six yards per carry, I don't want you on my fantasy team. Four point three is bad. Right. If I was more prepared, I would give you Ronald Jones's, but I bet it was probably well, much more than. Well, I don't even. I'm going to look that up right now. I, I don't I, even I, do that. I will. Uh, I will just leave it at this. My, my biggest red flag with Eno Benjamin is that he literally rushed for 600, eh, 575 less yards this year than last year, um, and, and his his rush his rush yards per attempt went from 5.5 to 4.3. To Nick's point. That is atrocious. I, I just and. you 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 want you want to see ascending. You don't want to put a guy on your dynasty roster that's going into the NFL with a descending you know pr- stat profile going in. Hey, Jerry, yeah, yeah. So Jerry, Ro- Rojo Rojo averaged six point one yards per carry over there his we entire go. career. There we which go. Which is almost six hundred carries. So so. I, I think, listen, guys, congratulations. We finally had something we are unanimous about. We are not Eno Benjamin fans. Uh, yeah. And to prove Ooh. we practice what we preach, me and Randy actually traded away Eno Benjamin after we drafted him in June. Boom. Yeah. And, and a Debbie. Instant and profit. Cash money. Well, anyway, I want to hear Kane talk about a guy uh, with an interesting name. Yeah. So Nick's just ready. And, and that's why I am going to sit here silently. Um. So – 
this this has nothing to do with the player's talent. This has everything to do about the cost for this player. Um, so the guy that I'm not drafting at all ever in this rookie draft is going to be LaVisca Chenault. Um, so he's the wide receiver from Colorado. Um, go Buffs! If you're in, if you're, if that's your team. Um, but so this, this comes down to two main things for me. One, I, I don't think his talent is as good as some of the players at the back of the first round in rookie drafts. Cause right now we're seeing value of him at the tail end of the first round, early second round. And I have him as a tier three or tier four guy. And I just have guys above him that I would rather be taking. Second, he isn't a good route runner, and he, but he's a very versatile player, probably one of the most versatile guys uh, that you're going to be seeing. And I just don't know how many offensive systems are actually going to utilize his talents. Um, it's the same thing that we saw um, with Cordell Patterson going to the Vikings. It's the same thing we saw when Kevin White was actually alive on the Bears. Um, it's the same thing we saw John Ross early in his career with the Bengals, right? So it's that same thing that we're seeing over and over again with these guys that are incredibly talented that just don't go to the right system. And I don't, you can't give the Chiefs every player, like every wide receiver um, to make their stock go up. So I just don't see many NFL systems that are actually going to utilize him the way that he needs to be utilized to get the fantasy production that you want. All right, Nick, let him have it. No, no I, I, I don't. I, I see some points there where I agree with him. I think Chenault might be him and like K Makers might be the, some of the most like volatile uh, take uh, players in this class. Chenault is super athletic. He's big. He's thick. He can make people miss. He's played running back. He's you know done everything at Colorado because it's Colorado. Like they have to give him the ball. Like who else is going to get the ball? But he's not a good route runner. You didn't mention this either, Kane. To your point, he's injured. He gets banged up a lot because he takes a lot of hits and he takes punishment. But he can Yeah, take believe punishment. it or not, Nick, I'm just not a doctor, so I didn't want to bring that up. Full <laughs> <laughs> circle. Attaboy, like a pro. Um, but here's here's what I want to know, Kane. So, but I think he has a lower floor, but a really high ceiling. So I want to know who are some of the other guys that you're saying late first, early second, you want above him, just so we can give context to all of the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be guys like Jalen Rager, um, Justin Jefferson. Um, I Right now, my main battle is Brandon Ayuk or, um, or LaVisca Chenault. And that's the he's wide receiver like, from Arizona State? Yes. So he's, he's like right in that, that kind of tear break for me. Um, so those are just some of the guys that I would just rather be drafting. Obviously, my guy TJ, um, Tyler Johnson, Jerry's familiar <laughs> with what he looks like uh, when he looks at his Twitter every day. Cool. Um, but those are some of the guys that I would just rather, what about rather running be back? drafting at that position. Where is well, he at? Um, at running back, that would be guys. I would rather have Edwards Hilaire. Um, I would rather have um, Travis Etienne when he drops that far. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, no, but... I don't think there's a lot of talent, as much talent, I guess I would say, for running backs and in, in that that range. That right, um, a lot of them will early be gone, second round. Yeah, yeah. I I just think they're going to go more towards that beginning of the first round and middle of that first round is kind of where some more of those running backs are going to go. And I just don't think the running back value is going to be there. But look, just looking at the same production i would just take some of the guys i mentioned over laviscus schnelt there i, I will add my two cents on mr laviscus and, and just say this in 2019 he played two more games than he did in 2018 but he had 30 less catches 250 less yards and two less tds i mean that's that's a significant decrease now the one thing that i couldn't track when i was pulling his stats earlier were his targets so i don't know how his target ball but that's that's tremendous. I mean, you, you play more games and, and you regress that much statistically. That's a concern for me. But so those are the guys that no chance in hell are we taking out of our rookie drafts. Uh, I want to hit you with this next group. This one right here is the one where, where you, you find real money. Now, for me personally, this guy last year was first brought on my onto my personal radar by Mr. Whalen in that uh, 
I had not really heard of this guy. I do live in the Midwest. I think he's actually from Indianapolis, but I, I yes. did Memphis. I, just, just real quick. Yeah. So um, LaVisca Chenault had 30 less targets this year versus last year. Okay. So he had 30 less receptions on 30 less targets. Thank you. Good, sir. Yep. But but it, it's Terry McLaren. I mean, I, I was, again, un, unless you're an Ohio State Buckeye fan or unless you're a Big Ten fan or just like a Debbie guy, but a lot of times, like as a dynasty guy, I'm putting so much time into the regular show, my actual dynasty rosters. I do have the one Devi team. I rely on these guys. So my so we're getting ready to start the who the fook is this guy category. And this is where I learned about Terry McLaren last year. And Nick turned me on to him right around the senior bowl. And I really started watching. And then I heard him talk. And, and then I saw him at camp. And I didn't love the Washington landing spot. I got so much Terry McLaren everywhere. And in spite of what everybody thinks, we covered some of his stats last week on uh, the show with Dan and JD. But he finished with more PPR points in Dynasty this year than DK Metcalf. He finished with a more points per game average than AJ Brown. So when we're going to talk about these obscure guys that you may not know a lot about, that does not mean that Nick, Kane, even me and Jerry, that we couldn't turn you on to somebody who might be uh, a, a really good play for your roster. So Kane, I'm going to go right back to you. Please tell us who is your guy in obscurity that might be able to help us uh, this time uh, come draft time. Is Kane there? Yeah. You're muted. Oh. I muted myself. I'm goofy. Um, <laughs> I love it when you have professional podcast hosts on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so um my 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 guy here is Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver from Kentucky. Um I think I think he's really, really interesting. Um I can already see Nick's face and I know he's got words about him. But um so I think I think what you're what you would be getting is not as refined as a route runner. And, and I'll tell you why the quarterbacks got injured. Lynn Bowden became the quarterback. Um, so he wasn't playing wide receiver and he put up as a wildcat quarterback, basically 151 rushes for 1238 yards and 11 touchdowns for just an extreme athlete. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's just really interesting. And when we're thinking about where he's going in drafts right now, um, we're seeing him as a late third, early fourth round pick and a guy with that athleticism. Um, I would, I would be willing to take, take the shot on him. Um, he's going to be a little more raw of an athlete. Um, well, excuse me, not as an athlete, but as a wide receiver, um, just because he didn't have that extra year to develop. Um, as a wide receiver instead just was playing a wildcat quarterback but he's he's definitely a guy that that I'm willing to take a shot on uh, I yeah, like it Nick it, go ahead no and, and I just I'm just messing with you I I can I don't know that I disagree with you if that's the price because when you want to look at Kentucky they've done this before and the guy's name was Randall Cobb and you want to look at someone that was between positions that was just a good athlete that's done it before it's Curtis Samuel. So if you have lower expectations and you, you look at, at him, he's a playmaker. He just makes guys miss. He makes big plays and he's not tiny either. I mean, he's listed at, you know, six foot six, one around one ninety five, 200. That's good enough size to be a receiver in the NFL. So if you want a guy and you want to watch how he runs his routes at the senior bowl or at, um, he won't be at the senior bowl. Sorry, it's a junior. If you want to see how he how he does at the combine, things like that, you this is a guy to kind of pay attention to. How does he how is he with the when they run that line with all of the the uh, people throwing footballs? How is he securing the football? How is he looking to catch and all that kind of stuff? This is a guy to pay attention to because he's an athlete. It's going to take a little while. Terry, by the way, Terry McLaurin was the same way. Terry McLaurin was this like tweener guy. And then his last year became this like good wide receiver at Ohio State. So yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there at all, Kane. All right, Nick. Then then uh, roll right into your guy. I, I left him blank on the sheet just because I didn't want Kane to research ahead of time. Um, so my guy is someone that was high in the Devi report early on, and it and it just didn't happen. And I you get frustrated, and you know today I I, I again talked about all of my hits and misses and. You know, like Trent Irwin and a bunch of guys I just like I hung on to for so long and I kind of dismissed this guy then he broke out this year I was like 
damn it. You know, I should have, I should have, you know, been stubborn. Michael Pittman, wide receiver USC, is getting no hype at all. And and Michael Pittman, you might hear that name. You might ring a bell. Michael Pittman, the running back with like the humongous guns with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, that's his son. Okay. The guns aren't the same way, but he's 6'4, 220, and he is uber athletic. I would argue he's better after the catch with the football in his hands than he is beforehand, which when you want to talk about a 6'4, 220 guy, that's not normal. And people are like, that's Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry was 6'2, 220, by the way. If you want to look at the combat, he's not 6'4, 220. We'll see what what Pittman measures in as, but throughout his career, he only had 70 receptions his first three years at USC. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I thought he was going to have a bigger, you know, he had some splash games his junior year early in his career. He had some splash special teams plays, but this last year, he finally put it together. 101 receptions, 12, 75 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. That's a big season in college football. And he's big. He's um, I would say aggressive after the reception. He can high point the football. I want him to be a little bit more aggressive that way. I don't think he's a great route runner yet. But when you talk about athlete size, good after the catch, that's rare to have a guy that big be good after the catch. So right now he's really intriguing to me, and nobody's talking about him. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. You, you know who? I, are you setting me up for this one? Go ahead. Well, do you know who I had drafted two years ago in a Debbie draft, my very first Debbie draft? With like a late third round pick, I I do because I co-own that team. Would you like to tell the people? No, that, that's why I asked you to tell the people. Tell it the people. is Michael freaking Pittman, USC wide receiver. He is still on our roster. We traded away Eno Benjamin, but we still got Michael Pittman sitting there. Th- th- this makes me feel so much better about it to hear a guy like Nick talk about another wide receiver that I've already got a share of. That's what I'm talking about now, Jerry. I'm gonna proud let, of you. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you talk about this this next guy, but I'm gonna use your favorite word, Jerry. I want you to be real trepidatious when you talk about him, because I know that the the opinion of the uh, the gentleman that uh, of the guy you're getting ready to talk about. So go ahead and give us your guy. All right. For one, I do love when you say trepidatious. I love all big words. I have no idea what in the hell trepidatious means, but I'm sure it is very wise. You are it, Jerry. You are <laughs> trepidatious. Okay, it means handsome. Got it. Yep. So my guy is Zach Moss of the Utah Utes running back. He just... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I sort of got on to him late. You know, I am from the East Coast, Michigan Eastern time zone. I don't get to watch a ton of the West Coast stuff because I am old. And once you hit 30s, you can't stay up that late or you will be not feeling good. But I have diving into him. He's been getting a little bit of hype lately. So I said, you know what? We are going to do a little bit of due diligence. We're going to look at him. And then I checked the Debbie report. Now, Nick likes him a little bit. A little bit. He's had some nice things to say, and I can sort of see where he's coming from with some of it. Is he is very physical, and he's not, you know, he's not Derrick Henry size. But what I liked about him is he sort of got that Kareem Hunt sort of balance thing going on, where it, it's sort of tough to take him down. He can fall forward for a little bit. He can be explosive at times. He's definitely not going to be, you know, these guys that are ripping off eighty and just you know hitting the crib with you know everybody ten yards behind him. He's one of these guys that I am going to take later. And in those, you know, we talk about dynasty leagues, like everybody that we play with is experts. And that is certainly not the case. If you are listening to this show, you are more of a degenerate than most of the people in your league. And a lot of them are not going to know about these types of guys, which I promise you, listen, if you think I didn't write Lynn Bowden Jr.'s name down, you are wrong. I promise you it is. I am looking directly at it. I had no idea who he was. You think I'm not going to look at him? I am. Thank you, Kane. Like I said, these guys do work. I am lazy. I just want my job done easily for me. Zach Moss is a dude that I like. I am going to start going game by game on him and really diving in because this is one of those guys that if I have second round picks, I really think I will probably go for it. If you guys hate it, I want to hear why. So I think it's really funny that you mentioned um, the words crib with uh Zach Moss, because he hurt his knee last year getting into bed. 
I mean, I needed season I mean, ending. That, I, that, that would be fine for me if if I called Randy, told him I couldn't do a show because I got into bed and couldn't do it. I don't think he'd be that surprised. Like I'm not the titan of fitness, and I have not hurt my knee getting into bed. So that, that's just that's just one thing there. But I I do like Zach Moss. I think um, he's he has has good power um i would i would prefer to take basically the almost a very similar player in aj Dillon over zach moss i know that's yeah you heard that right nicholas not, not I, even I, the same kind of power what are you I'm doing not, i'm not a huge aj Dillon guy either i'm an aj Dillon guy and i'd rather take aj Dillon over what? why zach moss um so Z- zach moss is is just lower <laughs> for me um he didn't play extremely well against decent competition um, so the one good defense that he actually faced in the Pac-12 is Washington, and he put up uh, 3.7 yards per carry. So definitely something that I want. I want to watch there. Yeah, 3.7 means something, Nick. Yeah, but Washington don't give me really that good compared to Utah, right? And that's one he also game. did pretty good in the passing game that game too. So he, he, I mean, he was used, and that's why I like him. He's just he's versatile. He's a fighter, and I like dogs. And he just seems like he plays like he's a dog. I mean, if there's Honestly, you want to look at, I mean, I think he has better power than Taylor, ETN, Swift. You can go through this class. I think that there, if there's one guy that's going to actually make me be injured if I try to tackle him, I think it might be Zach Moss. That guy runs so angry. And well, he's probably going to get hurt too. So what? He's probably going to get hurt along with you. He was healthy this whole year. That's why up. he came back this year. He's had three straight years of over a thousand yards, almost eleven hundred yards. So whatever, hater. So he's been. He I had eight hundred rushing yards last year. He had one thousand ninety-six total yards. No, that's rushing. It's not what I show here. Nine games, one seventy-nine, one thousand ninety-six, six point one, eleven rushing touchdowns. Anywho, spreadsheet's wrong, but anyways, so he he's consistently put up some really good numbers, and then he was banged up. That's why I think he came back. I think the one negative he has is I don't think that he um, has elite speed in the open field. He kind of has a weird gait where he has a limited stride length. I think that hurts him. He doesn't drive his knee up as far as he probably should to really help out in the open field. But I mean, in the end, how many guys are in the open field and they get to run 40, 50 yards? Not that many times. This is a guy that's not going to be a starter three down back. That's not Zach Moss. But if you want a guy that could be on the the, the positive side, kind of that that Clyde, you know, uh, Hilaire we were talking about, Edward Hilaire, kind of in that realm, not as good of a pass catcher, but a guy that could be on the plus side of a two-back system, I think that's what Zach Moss is. But he's just a bad man. He's a guy I want to root for all the time. It, it's like that one season where, where I was rooting for Peyton Hillis. That's kind of Zach Moss. Like, not – as big the, the only, but it was just so, awesome so he's to gonna see. be on the cover of madden is what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like, it was well, just fun so i see. think i think a, a system where zach moss actually fits in really well is a compliment to devin singletary for okay. the bills that, i mean I, pr- I promise i'll take him with the lions i with promise you, there. you that yeah. i'll be there well, well there you go i'm gonna hit you with one last running back and this is a guy that again this is regionality coming in, I don't know if that's even a word, but, you know, he's, he plays in the area in which I live, and that is Cincinnati's Michael Warren II. Sounds very, very dignified, but th- this is a big dude. He's five foot eleven. he's 222 pounds. Uh, in your rookie draft perspective, from what I've looked at and some of the mocks that I've read, I mean, you could get this guy potentially as an undrafted free agent. Now, we know it's going to come down to his combine metrics. It's going to come down to his draft and, and where he's drafted if he's drafted because uh, there are a ton of really special running backs in, in this year's class. But if this guy's, this guy lands a job to check him out, he's, he's got that ground and pound to him, but he, he's got two years as a starter here in, in Cincinnati. He played uh, 12 games last year and 13 games this year uh, in 26 games as, as the starter. He had 505 carries. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry, or better than Eno Benjamin, as I learned tonight. He had 26 total, uh, 2,600 total yards rushing those two years. And, and here's the number that really stuck out to me. It was like, okay, that's not too bad. That's for a guy who's 5'11", 226, excuse me, 222, who was listed as a you know a pound a ground and pound guy to have 46 receptions. 
uh, was was what raised the eyebrow. You know, is, is he a uh, an elite route runner? No, he's never going to be confused for like a Christian McCaffrey. But you know what? A big guy with a good reception history. Why not? I mean, he had 34 total rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns over the last two years. So uh, just an interesting guy. I think you'll be able to get him cheap. Maybe he's Bruce Anderson. Maybe he's someone of value. You, you never really know because we've learned with running backs in in Dynasty is if you get the slightest sliver of hope, that, that light at the end of the tunnel, you could make a profit on this guy. So so those are the reasons why I like him. Watched a little bit of tape on him. He's not I, I don't think he's going to be a special athlete at the combine, but I was uh, I was fairly intrigued. I'm I'm going to go with Kane. Kane, what do you know about Mr. Warren the 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 the, the two? <laughs> Warren the two. He's on mute again, isn't he? Yep, sure is. He's on mute. <laughs> you know what? My wife was out here and I wanted to talk to her, so I muted myself. But um, I, I like I like Michael Warren, the second, the deuce, if you want to call him that. Um, I, I think he's, he's really good. I think his best talent um, is vision. I think the way that he sets up um, linemen, he does, he does a very good job of that. Um, he's smart enough to know when to bounce things outside and when to keep things between the tackles. I think that's something that he does very well. And you can just see how instrumental he was to the success at Cincinnati. Um, the one thing that he just doesn't have is I don't think he has the extreme long breakaway speed um, that we that uh, Nick had just talked about with Zach Moss. I just don't think he quite has it. And really, that's not the biggest thing in the world. Um, but I I think he does he does a good job. And if I can take him, what he's probably in that fourth round right now. If I can take I, him there, I couldn't find him in, in any real mock draft of any. Four, I, I couldn't find a five-round mock. I found a couple of four-round dynasty superflex mocks. I couldn't find him listed as a draftable player as we speak today. Now, this is mid-January. A lot is going to change. But, yeah, I mean, you, you would get him if we drafted today based on what I've seen. You could get him potentially as a UDFA. Right. Yeah, and I, th I think he's worth it. Um, he has the talent um, to be able to surprise Mr. Nick, anything on Mr. Warren the Deuce? I like that. It's going to be his nickname, Warren Deuce. Well, I'm I'm just going to pass. I mean, yeah, he's just he's just such a. I mean, if, if you don't think Zach Moss is a good enough athlete to be in the NFL, then certainly Mike Warren isn't. I mean, he's just such a minus athlete. And the and the biggest difference between the two is if there's a if there's a gap in the defense, Moss has the confidence to try and hit and use as much of his athleticism as possible. While Warren is indecisive, he doesn't use it. He's, you can tell when you're unconfident open field, when you're looking around and then you, you, you kind of hesitate or you try and make some extra cuts and you get less yardage that way. I just don't see Warren being a good enough athlete to overcome, or I'm sorry, uh, good enough in everything else to overcome his, his minus athleticism to be fantasy relevant. I know that he's off the radar Memphis and that's what this is. Um, but I'm just, I won't have him on any roster probably ever. Hey, even for a fourth, fifth round pick? No. It, you know, a, a guy named LeGarrette Blunt ran a 4740 and, and uh, didn't have too many good and only benched 18 reps for, for a man his size. He made a decent NFL career. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be LeGarrette Blunt. I'm just saying you don't always have to be that, that special athlete to make it work. If you find a guy like Bill Belichick that believes in you, Jerry, anything? You know, Mr. Warren the Deuce? I do know Mr. Warren. I uh, I drafted him a couple of years ago. He's been sitting on my my Devi roster. I really wanted to see him grow. I was super high on him. Uh, when he was younger, I really saw a bunch of Miles Sanders in his game, and it just did not come to fruition. Um, I will definitely take him in those plays because you know, close your eyes, throw a dart. Hey, Zach Stacy had a good season though. Don't don't cut. Don't Nick is trying to troll right here, saying he reminds me of Zach Stacy. But I mean, Zach Stacy was the the Alex Collins for one off season yeah, but he's at least. Better than Warren. I'm saying that's my cop between. That's the best cop you could have. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's sort of one of those guys that he fights to, and that's what I like about him. But you know, we talked about you know 
four yards of carry in college and how bad that is. And you know, that that's sort of exactly what he did this year. I'll, I'll take a couple shots on him. I won't say I won't. And if he lands in a good situation, then I absolutely will. Because there was at one point I was real high on him and I'm just going to, you know, and like I said earlier, close your eyes, throw a dart. And that's sort of what your fourth, fifth round rookie picks are because the likelihood you're hitting those is just slim to none. So I'll take a shot on anybody. The problem is that I, sorry, I knew I wasn't going to talk about Michael Warren this much. The dude was in a Luke Fickle offense. And if there is one thing I can tell you about Luke Fickle, uh, Michigan beat him when he was the head coach at Ohio State. Now, there is actually a rivalry. I'm going to tell this to the kids that are under 17 years old. They don't know that Michigan and Ohio State actually have a rivalry because Ohio State has prison sexed them for the better part of two decades. And Luke Fickle actually lost to them because that offense is not good. And if he ends up being the next head coach at Michigan State, I wouldn't be surprised either because F my life. Well, well, there you go. I, I I can't put a bow on those rookies any better than some Michael Warren the two talk. So before we take this one in for landing, we got some conference championship games uh, coming up this weekend with Tennessee going to KC and Green Bay going to San Francisco. By the way, side note, the, the aerial shots of the Bay Area during the, the game on last weekend, just amazing. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go around the horn one time. Uh, tell me which of these two games you're most dying to watch, Nick Whalen. Sorry, I'm trying to recover from the pri- prison sex <laughs> comment. That was, wow, slipped in there, and I can't get that out of my head. I I didn't know that I was going to be on a fantasy show and ever hear that, <laughs> but here we are. Thank you, Jerry, for that Anytime. one. Anytime. Wow. Sorry. Uh, what am I looking forward to the most? Watching Green Bay lose. That's it. <laughs> Period. End of story. They got a generous spot. They continue to get calls at home. And guess what? They're on the road. They are much worse on the road than they are at home historically. You want to look at Rodgers' career. He's basically a 500 quarterback on the road versus at home. They're going to San Francisco where they got just absolutely demolished early in the year. And it's not going to be pretty. Going to be a first-year head coach in the Super Bowl from the NFC side, whether it's Matt LeFleur or uh... – or Mr. Shanahan out there in San Fran. What about you, Kane? Which one of these two games are you most looking forward to? So I can't get too hopped up for those games um, until tomorrow night ends, um, because obviously that national championship being tomorrow takes all of my attention away. But um, if I had to choose between these two, um, I just want to see if Tennessee can slow down Kansas City's offense. I think that's, that's interesting thing to me. Like, I'm a Vikings fan, so I'll be cheering for San Francisco either way. But because um, I'm with I'm, the one time I agree with Nick Whalen here is I just want to see the Packers lose. Um, but but that's what I got for Shane. you. You got on my good side. Okay, I agreed with you one time. Like we're, I don't know what bonding. you want. We got Eno too. That's we're two. Bonding. I mean, let's just build off of this. Let's build Yikes. off of this. I shouldn't have said a second one. We, 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 we can build on their relation. Guys, Jerry and I are going to play marriage counselor when we hit the record button off. So we're going to get into that in a second. But, Jerry, which one of these two games are, are you digging? Tennessee, Kansas City. I, I want to see if Tennessee can keep the magic going. I, you're going to tell me that Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans – with the great and powerful wide receiver number 84, Corey Davis, would go into Foxborough and beat them. And then they were going to beat the MVP. What did they have? A 12-game winning streak? 10-game winning streak? Something absurd. And they were going to beat them in Baltimore? And now if they can go into Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes, are you kidding me? The, the story writes itself. Listen, And New England. Don't hey, forget about New England. What, that's what I'm saying. They, this team, are you kidding me? I just want to see it. And I wanted Mike Vrabel to be the damn coach of the Detroit Lions. They hired Matt Patricia. Now I got a guy with a beard and a pencil. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I live a torturous life. I cannot enjoy anything football. The unfortunate thing for the Tennessee Titans is that I will be rooting for them. And I am cursed. So they are probably going to lose because I really wanted Minnesota to win because I love Kirk Cousins with all of my damn heart. And I will until I die. As far as Green Bay and San Francisco is concerned, 
I hate Green Bay too. Sorry. I mean, we got a Bears fan. We got a Vikings fan. I'm a Lions fan. Like, come on. I mean, the difference is, is they actually have a rivalry with them. You know, where you just get peed on by all three of the teams and all of it just falls to the bottom where the Lions sit. So I, I'm really looking forward to Tennessee, Kansas City. Randy, you don't have a, a horse in this race. Who are you really excited for? It, it feels dirty saying as a Colts fan, but I'm actually rooting for Tennessee uh, as they play Kansas City. Now, these two teams met once already this year. Uh, the final score was 32-35 on kind of a weird uh, ending to that game. But I will say this. I, I can't wait to see what the over and under is from Vegas. The over and under in the Houston KC game was 51, give or take wherever you get you get your numbers. So I expect fireworks there. In the San Fran Green Bay game, I mean that one was 38 to 32 to eight earlier in the season, and and it wasn't as close as that score would have have you think. I'm really excited. I I, I like a good underdog story. So for at least two more games, I am rooting for the Tennessee Titans, and regardless of who. Uh, wins that game, I'm going to be rooting for them in the Super Bowl. So, so there you have it. Um, wh what a great show. What a couple of great guys. And I want to throw it back to both of these guys to please take a couple of minutes, promote your stuff. Where can these people find you? Kane, tell them what's up. So first, I do want to let people know that like Nick and I are actually friends. Um, I know it sounds like we just always disagree, but um, we, we do talk off the wavelengths. Uh, quite a bit um, but you can always find me at twitter at devi underscore kane um, feel free to follow either of the shows that i work with um, the first being the devi diet where i'm just going to eat snacks and just tell you about um, just one rookie or one guy that's going to be in the rookie draft on each episode the second being the devi marketplace and that is housed by the ff mercs um, so that's that's a really great podcast that just finished its third episode um, last week. So if you want a breakdown of the 2018 and 2019 running backs from those two drafts, as well as um, some of the running backs that are going to be in this draft and my guy, Max Borgie slide on over to that episode. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm, where I'm working right now. I, have an article started for DLF where I'm going to be looking at the uh, 2023 guys. So we're already uh, we're already looking out quite a ways to the people that just got recruited and signed here. Yeah, well, I have one hobby and that's basically <laughs> it. So uh, I don't run, so I got to do something. <laughs> well, well, so I just watch other people run, and, and that's even creepier. That's why it's important to have these these guys on because. They're Devi guys. They they have known these guys since high school. So when they're telling you about traits and like things like vision and arm strength and accuracy, that's why it matters. They didn't start watching these guys right now like a lot of us, like me. I, I started my rookie scouting just here recently, the last couple of weeks. And that's why I'm so grateful to be able to bring the Dynasty Warzone listeners Guys like Nick, guys like Kane, and I don't believe that you guys like each other. I thought you guys were giving me practice to host a podcast for the Bloods and the Crips in the near future. But I'm going to throw this one over to to Nick and tell us about his 27 jobs in this Devi and Dynasty industry. I appreciate that. No, I agree. Me and Kane are friends. We talk basically daily. Um, it's just fun because I, I told him ahead of time I was going to disagree with him no matter what which I agreed with him once on this. So, you know, here we go. Probably more than once. But um, first off, I have to mention Memphis. I really like your avatar, by the way. You you look like you're in pretty good shape, you know, on Twitter. <laughs> that's, so that's just got to mention that quick. So people, you know, if you're not following Memphis, which I'm sure you should be, you follow, you know, you listen to his podcast at DFF Memphis. He's got a really nice Abby. Uh, but myself, um, I just wanted to say, first off, I, I feel so grateful um, all the time. I think that, you know, it, it's tough to kind of get to know the people behind it, the avatar and uh, the voice and things like that. But, you know, I mean, we're, we're all just people, you know, and I people people get so hyped about stuff. But, you know, I went, I went over 10,000 followers this week. And like, it, it's so weird when you look back. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. And, and, and it wasn't ever like my quest to be, you know, I want to sell 1000 Debbie reports, you know, like, 
I just wanted to, you know, tell people what I thought and, and people started caring what I thought. And, and, and it's really cool. Like, like if people want to reach out, ask me questions, I feel honored that you care what I have to say all the time. It, it feels really cool to do that. So um, I just want you to know that kind of that's where I'm coming from. I mean, I'm just a guy. I, um, I don't waste my time. If people are trolling me, I'll tell you that right away. Like I can just tell, but you want to have an honest conversation or you want to talk about like life. Cause honestly, life matters way more than fake football, even though that's kind of the job here. Um, that matters to me too. You know, I remember last year I tried to help some people, uh, be accountable for their, their new year's resolutions. You know, like if I can make a change in your life, that matters to me. So, uh, that's just a little bit of that. Um, and uh, Nick know, and I actually do talk about our lives with each other mm -hmm. quite a bit. So he's, he's definitely not making that one up. Definitely slide into his DMS. If you just want to have an honest conversation, uh, probably one of the most honest guys that you're going to run into. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. That's uh, I, I think that's like the, the coolest part about this whole thing. I know people, you know, I've met Matt Wallman. I've met, you know, Memphis. I, I've met, you know, McDowell and Izzy and JP and so many people, George and so many people in this industry. And I think grabbing a beer and just talking to people means way more than followers and selling and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're all people, but I think, you know, realizing that we're here, we want to help. I know me and Memphis have talked earlier on previous episodes about, if we can help you guys with your fitness or helping you get in a better shape, like that matters to us too, because I think making that impact in the world is, is really big. Anyways, I got really deep and heavy. Anyway, uh, Nick Whalen at underscore Nick Whalen on Twitter. Uh, again, you can reach out to me. I'm willing to help. Um, I'm at four for four and at, um, you know, dynasty nerds. Now uh, I'm probably starting a, uh, a new career, a new business, which uh, I'm not willing to, uh talk about yet i'm willing to wow, kind of wait on wow you're just gonna set us up like that i know man i well i just don't you know i i know there are people from my work that actually listen to this so i'm just gonna kind of wait a little bit because i don't know exactly where it's gonna go right now but people know me from the dev report and the graduate that's still working do you wondering when that's going to be released i don't know you know why it takes a lot of time and i'm trying to do kind of both at the same time so i'm just kind of say breaking down guys i was looking at etn a bunch of his games in depth today so uh, that's kind of happening, but um, yeah, I, I I hope that was everything. There. Oh, I mean, if you want to talk about racing, I you know I'm I'm hurt right now. Probably have to have surgery. I'll be if you want to help on Spartan racing, I do that too. So I'm kind of involved in a lot. I, I think you and I got to get Jerry and Kane to run a Spartan with us, and we'll like oh. get like a GoPro. I, I what if we what I if smell. we GoPro live? Would yeah, that be awesome? We 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 could uh, we could stream it like on pay per view. I smell money. All right, Memphis. I would. There I needs would to run. be a snack at each spot. What Memphis? You can run, or me, and we'll have like, you know, some kind of like cookie, and Kane will be chasing the cookie throughout the race. What about that? Just put it on like the back of your bib. Just hide it on the back of your bib. Oh, that's it. I will. I'll run with my injured foot, which is really painful. I don't care if we do this. Still and it's recorded me. We, we, we will, uh, we, we will try to maybe meet up next November for the one they do in Chicago. That's kind of a central, a central location for all. You want me to run in Chicago in November? Yeah. Just wear a lion's Jersey. Someone will knock you down. <laughs> <laughs> just show up for it. Anyway, Jerry, you got anything? we got to take this one in for a landing. No, these are my dudes, man. Can't, I, me and Kane, you know, I give him a hard time. That's sort of our thing too. It, it's listen, don't don't be friends with Kane. He's just gonna bust your balls the whole time. But he's my dude. I mean, there's a reason I have Tyler Johnson as my avatar on on Twitter because he's my man. And if I lose a bet, which I I decide to bet against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the one year that they decide to have a good season, great job, Jerry. That's why I don't, roll the boat. Roll yeah, the boat. That's why I don't gamble on sports because I'm the sucker at the table. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Nick's another one of my dudes. I mean, I told Randy at the end of the offseason that Nick was one of my favorite interviews from the whole thing. You know, he said, you guys did the Spartan race, so I knew I was going to have you back. I didn't have to ask for you back again. It's always good to talk to you guys because, you you know, we can just – we can bull crap, and that, that's what I want to do. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm Matthew Barry. I'm not. I just – I am here to have fun. Because it is fun. This whole thing is fun. Randy, send these boys home. Well, I will say this one thing, especially when you, you get like the, the experts like 
Nick and Kane and some of the other guests that we're going to have here in the near future is even if you don't draft all these guys, even if you don't uh, like all of these guys, at least when you're sitting at B-dubs on those fateful Thursday and Friday nights and some of these names start to get called, you can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he, he played at Utah State and, you know, he was a marginal athlete or, you know, he's really good and you'll just really blow your buddy's minds. You don't have to give us credit. We know how it works. But um, on behalf of Nick, Kane, Jerry, and myself, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next time. Thanks, guys.